0: Going. once upon a time season five episode 21 is over but we are just getting started here on once upon a recap hello all you magical people out there my name is mike bloom We're the co-hosts of once upon a recap now i'm joined as always by a man that i will call my future but hopefully that doesn't mean he'll turn into a blue ghostly figure anytime soon it's kurt clark kurt you are solid for
1: now for now, for, I, but you know, I can't. I can't lie. I'm feeling a little bit cheated. I thought I got a great deal at an underworld flea market on Olympian Crystal, but I got home. It turned out to be Olympian Crystal Cox. Definitely uh. going to definitely putting an asterisk next to my Yelp review on that place.
0: Well, that crystal has a lot of blazing speed, though. Probably not so great at basketball, from what I hear.
1: <laughs> we, we shall see. We shall see.
0: Did you, okay. get, did you get that in a, a double deal with Human's Breath and Olympian Crystal at the Underworld Flea Market?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't want to know what the Human's Breath actually is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, what an eventful episode. I mean, we talked about this at the very end of our last podcast. We did a little bit of speculation because we had heard that a death would come to storybrook that would break the very heart of storybrook as we see it no knowing who that is that might be a little debatable but we have a a bunch of you know top items here robin hood dead hook back hades dead zeus appeared (laughs) lots of things going arthur's back merida's back a whole lot of stuff happened in this episode kurt
1: yeah, and, and, congratulations. You pretty much nailed the several points on the whole, uh, the death draft, um, for as, as much as you kind of are saying that, uh, debatable in terms of it shaking the, 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 the world, which I, I, agree with you. Um, if I had completely for, uh, remembered that Merida was an option, I might have picked her for my death <laughs> draft.
0: Well, to be fair, and we'll talk about this, this is one of the things I absolutely loved about this episode, because one of the things we've griped about once upon a time beforehand is that they really treat their two half seasons almost like two completely different seasons and that we very, very rarely see the two halves connect. This is probably one of the rarest times that I've really seen that happen and that they brought them forward. So uh, they were definitely off the table, I feel like, in both of our minds because we didn't think that we were seeing them whatsoever.
1: Well, I don't know if we think so much, at least for me, it's, I think it's still they'll visit some characters. I think the story arcs are pretty much completely done. I mean, yeah, Arthur mentions that he's you know escaped from prison. I still I still think that it's you know it's too it's more of a uh bringing in a character as opposed to kind of revisiting any sort of story that was really happening in the in the first half of the season. Um mm-hmm. but I I was a little bit knowing that they were going back to Storybrooke, i think i'm less surprised that we saw some merida and some arthur i just forgot that that was even a possibility that those are options
0: no yeah i i well i think we also again when we saw the promo at least i had assumed it was a main main character which again is debatable i know sean mcguire was promoted to regular for this his one and only season uh before his untimely passing but it's I'm assuming when I thought main character, again, breaks the heart of Storybrooke forever, it's not going to be someone like Merida or Arthur, who we just (laughs) met
1: about six months ago. True. Well, let me put it like this. When we were talking last week about um, how Gold confronted Robin Hood in the library, and we were kind of led to believe he took Robin Hood's heart and was going to give that to Pan, when we saw that that was what he was doing, my reaction at the time was like, huh. yeah okay
0: <laughs> do you think they were they were testing the audience to see like how would you feel if robin hood had died
1: did they have like a b uh, a b cut of the uh, story where if people adversely reacted to that then they were going to potentially switch it to merida
0: or is like to avoid spoilers they filmed multiple endings like what they did with lost with the man in the coffin at the end of season five
1: or clue I'll just go with clue or clue. Yeah,
0: exactly. The text shows up (laughs) on the screen. Like that's one ending. How about this one?
1: But this is how. This is what really happens.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, speaking on the terms of Robin Hood, I know we're obviously going to get to his death later on as we go beat by beat through the episode. But because it was such a big event, and it's the biggest death of a character that I think we've seen since Neil back in season three, I want to get your general thoughts on it. I mean, as you said, you were kind of meh when. Gold removed his heart last episode and the the fact that he actually might be dying or at least staying in the underworld. I mean, Mm. did our Death Draft spoil you? Were you at all Mm. warm to this idea or cold or crying? I would love to hear you. What was Kurt Clark's mind going through as he was watching Robin Hood literally get shocked by both the series of events and the Olympian Crystal?
1: I think... (sighs) Because we knew that someone was going to die, you're kind of like trying to, like, all the final desti- final destination, figure out where is that death going to happen? When is that death going to happen? And I think at the moment where we see Robin Hood and, uh, and Regina, uh, breaking in through the, uh, the lengthy, lengthy, lengthy secret tunnel into the uh, mayor's I know, office. That was like, that
0: looked like, the, that looked like
1: the, an extra, you know, the, an extra set piece out of Wayward Pines. Yeah. Um, uh, I, when we saw that happening, we, we they get to the mayor's office in the town hall, and you know we see they're about to go in. I knew something was going to go wrong with at least one of those characters, and I think that's when it came down to me. Whereas I was I was thinking they're either going to get caught, and I and I, I mentioned this last time. I had heard that Regina and Belle had signed up for season six, so I figured that they would be. That they would, they were safe. Um, so at that point, I figured, well, if they get caught by Hades, maybe he, something happens and it's going to be Robin Hood. But at the same time, I was still thinking, I think my second pick was I could still have seen a Zelina outcome where she, she starts to pick up on hints that he's actually a bad guy and she ends up um i thought maybe like she we were going to get like two for one and she was going to off herself with the uh, olympian crystal <laughs> um, well it does like, have
0: it does have two ends right <laughs> it
1: does have two ends um so I, I i but i was picking up on the robin hood vibe uh part way through and thinking that was going to potentially be happen but yeah i um, I don't know. The thing that that bugged me was that it seemed to make at least Hades seemed to make a big deal. Like, oh no, they're not just dying; they're being utterly and completely yeah. destroyed. They're gone but, forever. But for all intents and purposes, it was just a death. And if anything, it was more. You got more out of this death than you do when somebody else normally dies on a show where you got to see their apparition. And yeah, um the body then collapsed, but you got some sort of ghostly moment, too, which you don't get with a normal death. We
0: have to talk about that eventually, because that's... I don't know if that's a side effect of the Olympian Crystal and your body officially moving on, but that was... A little strange. A little bit out of Ghost Hunters. Uh, It's a good thing you don't follow Sean McGuire, Kurt, because actually our Once Upon a Recap fact checker sent this to me. Uh, On May 6th, two days before the episode, Sean McGuire tweeted out a picture saying, Robin Hood's narcolepsy gets really out of hand. And he tweeted a picture of his dead body on the ground with Zelina and Regina hugging each other. And like, yes, it's like a jokey caption, but that's a total spoiler picture. And I I guess he went on to delete it. But... You know, th- that really set the community abuzz in the week in between these episodes because the, the actor who was dying basically said maybe he was sort of salting the earth on his way out. It didn't seem like Sean McGuire was terribly happy from his interviews, the fact that he got killed off the show. But he, he, he just spoiled his own death two days before it was supposed to happen.
1: Oh. Yeah, I don't know what to say to that.
0: I, well, and and, and, on t- and on top of that, I should note that not him but I think their promo department the once upon a time marketing department was in a rare misstep this week in that they let that slip for a few seconds and they also apparently showed promo pics of Hook and Emma reconciling in the graveyard and also Roland laying the, the rose laden flowers onto Robin Hood's grave so like yeah, this is why I, we might want to start taking up Kurt's mentality of avoid marketing materials at all costs. Because now these people are taking like pages from the Survivor textbook of I just know. showing things that are going to happen.
1: Yeah, it's like you don't need to, or even not just showing things that are going to happen, but even like, it, yeah, but I think back to like you know Jeff Probst, you know, or it announcing that this is going to be a huge blindside when something A tribal council, in which case it kind of rules out several possibilities, and it's like you know just tease us with just enough everybody it's it's two episodes from the end everybody who's going to watch is going to watch you don't exactly. need to yeah i don't know
0: i'm I, no i might be speaking again i'm neither of us work in television production so i this might be a little almost too common sense almost lowest lowest common denominator to say but i completely agree this is an audience that is has rolled nearly five seasons deep you don't, I feel like you don't need to keep bringing in new viewers, you know? I feel like ABC should trust, okay, once has its loyal audience, if we even make promos, we can just show a, a couple of quick seconds. We don't need to necessarily publish photos of our big twists that are happening, especially if that's a big moment that we're trying to keep a mystery. G- granted, you know, the Sean McGuire thing, an actor let things slip, but when you're actually putting out photos of these climactic scenes that happen at the end of your episode, it just seems counterintuitive to me.
1: And, like, even, even if you do want to build your audience you're not going to do it with two episodes left when you're going to be gone for an entire summer.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, let's, let's uh you know we won't bury the lead too much though i will go back to what you said speaking of burying (laughs) we
1: we buried a side character not the lead mike (laughs) yeah
0: i would no that's it's very arguable yeah i will revel in the glow though the almost olympian like glow i was able to predict not only did robin hood die but hook was technically buried so i guess i get double points though a lot of predictions were happening this episode Kerr, from amongst our Contingency of fandom mm-hmm. I know a couple people had predicted that we would see Arthur later on, which I did not suspect whatsoever um, I know our once upon a, again our the aforementioned once upon a recap fact checker I'd say hey I'm calling it right now Robin dies and they named the baby after him and yep. that's exactly what happened so kudos to all of you out there who got everything correct
1: yeah and you know in bad form other writers for making it so predictable
0: <laughs> well I was gonna ask that I mean did that that sort of impede your enjoyment of the episode overall that yes these things were sort of predictable and again we're also hyper analyzing the show so we might be able to predict it more than some other more casual fans do but did that really overtake your enjoyment of the episode
1: no it, it didn't it was more one of the like even when i get to the point where uh where they say i think it was at the end of the episode i think in the way it was set up was kind of you know and he didn't even get to stick around and so that his to see his daughter get named and like oh no. It is happening. It's happening.
0: These poor children, because right now, Kurt, we are two for two with a, a main character dies and then a baby is named after that dead character. I I can only, hopefully nobody else gets pregnant. I mean, I fear for Bell's child because I don't know who's going to die next and who that kid's going to be named after at this point.
1: I mean, you could even technically argue Henry was named after his grandfather. Yep, that for exactly. all intents and purposes was dead. Um, you know, it's... It, you know what? They just have great respect for tradition and family names.
0: I have to. I, I missed asking my mother on Mother's Day what my how, who I was named after. God only knows.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mine's a long story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll save it for an off season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's dive into the episode proper here, and we start back in storybrook It's been a long time since we've been here. Not since we saw Belle and Zelina head into the portal in like the fifth episode of this half season. Uh, Hades and Zelina are back and Hades feels like, quote unquote, himself again. Zelina is still operating under the modus operandi of, oh, where's Regina? We're all going to be one big happy family together. Uh, but Hades is trying to kind of glamour her a little bit and say like, no, we can't go into town. Uh, but, you know, Zelina is convinced Hades has changed. Here, take my baby. I'm going to go try to find the family. Uh and as Zelina leaves, we get the entrance, surprise entrance though some again, not the surprise to some of our fans out there of King Arthur who I think last appeared in maybe the double episode from uh last half season. Uh yeah,
1: I think so. Um Yeah, and and this was like I think it's it's always interesting to me when these characters not only from different mythologies but from like almost different story arcs like who were kind of collide and i was curious we and again like i never really looked at personally i never really looked at arthur as a true villain he was more of like a scoundrel and a cad um but I was kind of curious what was going to transpire here and what wonderful adventures they were going to go on together, uh, Hades and Arthur.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, adventures happen, but uh, definitely involving Arthur, but the other half of the equation is a little bit more of a variable. I mean, I would just, I thought it was really fun. I know you said that Arthur wasn't really a big bad, but it was cool to see the first half and the second half, as I said before, really connect. I mean, imagine yeah. if like in season three, we saw Pan and Zelina talk, which we got to a couple of episodes ago, but. Again, I once upon a time, I feel like doesn't outside of those couple of character cameos, they really don't make too much of an effort to say, let's connect the fall with the spring. And so they, I thought they did a really great job connecting them here. That this honestly, the whole Arthur thing might have been my favorite part of the episode overall.
1: I disagree. OK. In in that I felt I didn't see the necessity of Arthur being in here to the story. Oh.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say that it seems like complete fan service. I mean, one of the big question, <laughs> okay. one of the big questions I had once Arthur got down there is like, why does Huck necessarily need Arthur to come with him? Yeah. You know, it didn't seem like he necessarily had an overall purpose. But that being said, if we got to have more Arthur, I'm I'm glad we okay. got some more because I loved I loved him in the first half of the season.
1: Yeah, you know, okay, I agree with you on that point. I enjoyed the adventures of Arthur and Hook. I, uh, but it seemed like when Hades was almost saying, I kind of uh, that you know it's. You know, I had this, you know, he said he was destined to rule a kingdom and Hades says, same here, this kingdom, and I'll need your help or something to that effect. And he snaps Arthur's neck and there's really no payoff that I could see for why Hades felt he needed to kill Arthur. I mean, unless it was Arthur discovered Hades, but everybody knew Hades was there Um like unless it's and as somebody on Twitter uh had, had kind of you know suggested this, unless it's setting up some sort of future um Arthur uh in the underworld storyline, um then it was more like in service of the story, not in service of what Hades needed done. If anything, if if Arthur takes over the underworld, and he seems which may be the case and we'll talk about that, but it seems like it would be kind of trying to set it in a positive direction, put it in order. It seems like, again like that Hades doesn't really care about that. So
0: yeah, the, this, was, this was honestly my biggest question from the episode is like, like Becca asked us, Why did Hades kill Arthur? Because the way he said it, he seemed to say like, oh, I have my master plan because they bonded over the fact that they both felt they were unjustly imprisoned and that they were both destined to rule over a kingdom. But Hades thinks, like all villains do, that Storybrooke must be the kingdom for them to rule over. I'm assuming it's the abundance of magic that's basically fracked in those mountains at this point. But to start, he snapped Arthur's neck, which, in my opinion, uh, a lot more... Mortifying than Robin Hood getting shocked, I feel like Arthur might have had the most most gruesome death of the episode overall, but yeah, I mean, considering that Arthur was the one to actually sort of kind of help do him in it makes no sense unless Hades just thought okay this is getting one more person out of the way maybe he thought okay arthur's trying to take over the town let me get rid of my quote-unquote biggest threat someone else who might challenge me for the throne that's the only possible logic i can come up with right now
1: yeah and i didn't even take anything in what arthur said to hades that he was Looking to take over Storybrooke, it was it was more like I think he's just talking about you know I've been destined to take over a kingdom. I don't think I didn't interpret it as, and I didn't interpret it as Hades interpreting it as uh, that this kingdom was Storybrooke. So I, I don't I just don't know. It, it, yeah, if anything, like yeah, him killing Arthur maybe enabled the demise of Hades. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Again, speaking back to uh, the uh, the Greek tales like uh, Oedipus that he ended up doing himself in. Kurt, Merida's back. Yay. <laughs> hey you know what it seems like she was kind of we were we were wondering who was left in charge when all the heroes went down to the underworld and it seems like merida was at least in charge of some portion of it it seemed like she was working in partnership with at least the dwarves on a rotation basis to guard arthur and i guess become the new sheriff but it seems like sleepy is probably not the best person you want being your sheriff
1: yeah no um yeah that was i i do kind of like the Uh, the comical potential pairing of Merida and the seven dwarves. Um, I think she'd be a lot less forgiving, a lot less patient than say Snow White was. Um, so I, yeah, we saw, I was more happy to see, to see sleepy than I was Merida. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well sleepy was definitely like a long-seated reference i'm sure we saw him at the beginning of season five when we had the whole saga of being turned into trees and statues but i mean merida i think they they fleshed her out a little bit so again I, and again i was still reeling from seeing arthur that i was just getting yeah. even giddier to see more season 5a characters come into prominence
1: yeah and, and to that point when you mentioned earlier is i was also quite shocked by uh the sudden uh you know uh, Mort de Arthur um, and, and and his death. So uh, that 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 did surprise me. One of the one of the more surprising scenes of of Once Upon a Time.
0: I also did like how Merida threw some sort of meta like shade to Snow White by you know Snow White saying like, "Well, how could you let Arthur escape?" And Merida's like, "Hey, listen, you guys up and left for weeks at a time. Yeah. What did you expect us to do? We're we're very you know low on people as it is.
1: Yeah, it's." Uh oh, they, they they need to have that kind of contingency plan. Maybe Merida's is going to become like the lieutenant mayor or something.
0: Yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, she might very easily, you know, pull a Mr. Turner from Boy Meets World and fade into the corner of Storybrooke with some of our other characters. But there's no real way for her to get back from when she came, right? There's no portal to Dunbrock anytime soon unless it pops up in the season finale.
1: Yeah, I think it, as far as we can tell, Dunbrock is kind of one of those parts of the enchanted fours that uh, did not escape the curse it's okay. no longer there
0: speaking of Dunbrock, i do want to bring up something right now where we're in the beginning of the episode so rachel brings up this episode had no flashbacks yep do you think we will see more episodes like this kurt you even asked last week if there were any episodes that didn't have any flashbacks in them in which case i actually am not entirely sure this actually might be the first overall did you like the fact that did you miss the flashbacks no. at all do you hope that there will be more episodes coming up that really utilize the no flashbacks format
1: i am not a flashbacks fan unless it serves the story in some uh strong way i did not feel that leather jacket flashback was a necessity i did not feel that um uh uh Snow White learning how to shoot uh, a bow from Hercules uh, was a necessary flashback. Uh, there are flashbacks that I think serve a purpose and there are ones that I think are fluff. And and I, I'm pretty sure that there had to have been other episodes uh, over the first four seasons and the, even the front half of the season that did not have a flashback. Um, so it's just like use them when there's a purpose, but don't feel that you are, are beholden to use them.
0: Yeah, I'm just happy that the writers trusted that there was so much going on in the episode proper that they felt like they didn't need it. And if so, I wonder even what who would, would they show just because it was so divided. Maybe another Robin Hood flashback right before he dies, a la Anna Lucia in season two of Lost. But I can't really think of a character to focus on in this episode specifically.
1: Yeah, I think he, what you would have gotten was the story of Hades stealing the Olympian crystal from uh, Zeus. Zeus. Yeah, because uh, I mean, and the only reason I say that is there was a point where, um, where when Arthur hands the papers from the book over to Hook that you can actually read some of the story. I actually paused it and you can read some of it. And it's like a scene of where uh, Hades is actually caught stealing the Olympian crystal. Um, and so I think you could have easily had a, a flashback to some scene in Olympus where was the downfall uh, of Hades. I just don't know if this would have been The right episode for it Mm -hmm. but it's, it's the only uh i think flashback that immediately comes to mind for the back half of season five that could have been a compelling story an interesting story to see
0: yeah actually we were speaking about predictions beforehand we were actually pretty incorrect we were pretty sure that there was going to be some sort of hades origin story or some sort of mount olympus flashback all the way back during the beginning of this half season and we didn't see it whatsoever it might come up in the next couple of
1: episodes but it would, be, it would be odd with Hades disintegrated, but it's not completely out of the question. Definitely not.
0: So the heroes come back into the loft. It is a joyous reunion for David and Mary Margaret. Uh, not so much for Emma, who's still a little hung up by what she had to do to hook back in the underworld. And this is going to be Emma's MO for a good portion of the episode, uh, which... Is a little sad and this is not the most sad Emma is going to be at this point in the episode. Uh, Kurt, overall, were you satisfied? Did you like, you know, Emma's aftermath post hook at this point?
1: Um, I actually didn't mind it. She seemed a bit less mopey than she had been in the underworld. Um, and she has a nice speech that we'll get to at some point where she's like, I can't grieve and move on because like it's not like he passed away here it's like i know he's in the underworld i had to leave him it's like i broke up with somebody and you know i can't have the and i know there's still some sort of sentience there she just can't really be with him um i was more like constantly upset about her being accused consistently by her family for, uh, like I was like wanting revenge or storming off without thinking and just acting over emotionally. Um, to me, I would have been frustrated if I was Emma based on how little credit my family was giving me.
0: Yeah, I guess that makes sense. At the same time, I think they can clearly see from Emma's face how affected she was by what she did down in the underworld. Um, and maybe she thinks that, you know, Emma's so energetic about, Stopping Hades, that she, they think that she might be rushing in too much, which is why, I mean, her definitely slowing down and sitting down in the library does lead to having the book next to her and her discovering what Hades' weakness is. Weakness is. So maybe it, it all kind of led together and coalesced together in a perfect way. But I agree. I kind of did feel a little bad for Emma that, like, she, was, she wasn't trying to, you know, get her revenge specifically. She was working towards a shared goal. I think everyone just thought she was coming in too hot
1: yeah she's acted this rash before without grief driving her it's just she's a woman of action that's what she does i mean and yes i mean her her family was right to tell her to kind of pump the brakes a bit but to attribute her her uh her her drive to act um as as a as being fueled by grief and just kind of constantly reminding her about that, and I think that's what I didn't really kind of agree with. So we get
0: the other half of our heroes here as Zelina is able to find Robin and Regina, and we sort of get an impasse here where they're saying, "Hey, Hades is evil." She says, "No, he's not. You're just jealous, or you don't understand. He's not a man. He's a god." Uh, and Zelina admits to them that, "Hey, the baby's with him, but I trust him." And it's clear when she disappears that she's really no longer on their side.
1: Yeah, it's the, it's it's tough when your family doesn't agree with the choice of who it is you're dating.
0: Exactly. Yeah. They. They. I mean, again, you could probably parallel what we just talked about with Emma, though, in the fact that it seems like both both ladies are facing the situation where their families are thinking they know what's best for them. True. Even though their emotions are kind of clouding them a little bit.
1: But this was definitely one of those situations where I was, I was hoping, slash, expecting that, uh, you know. Regina could have very easily gone into specifics about how hook betrayed them. And basically they, she just said he trapped us there. Uh, she could have gotten specifics about, Hey, you remember when he said that there was this, uh, ambrosia, you know, well, guess what? Hook and Emma got down there and it was, there was no ambrosia at all. He he completely lied about that. You know, the, the, the blind witch, I mean, she could have gotten the details and that's what, yeah. and, and she's like, and she didn't bother going into the details. And I think, you know, the devil's in the details. So uh, that, that's, and literally. <laughs> he's not the
0: devil, he's Hades. That's true,
1: that's true. Um, so I, I was, again, it was one of those things where uh, people in the show choose not to give the full story, much to the detriment of the actions that they're hoping will transpire.
0: Let's go to the underworld, Kurt. I personally was a little surprised that we went down to the underworld. I can understand that if we wanted to cover some of what Hook was doing. But we spend a good amount of time down here, starting in the Underworld Grannies. Uh, Arthur walks in and draws some strange looks, and then Hook comes in, and this is where Hook kind of has to be the bearer of bad news, literally the Undertaker, and say that he is dead. Um, But Hook is sort of pissed off in his own right because emma told him okay you need to forget me and move on but i guess through their sort of telepathic love connection at this point he realizes that he can't there's still something going on with her and he needs to find out what happened in storybrook and Hook says okay now i know what we need to do we need to set off to find hades weakness and this is where the albeit tentative right now bromance begins between hook and arthur
1: yeah although i i and it'll be interesting, uh, listeners, let me know if you were in the same boat uh, as I was on this one, not a boat on the River of Lost Souls. I didn't th- realize immediately we were in the underworld.
0: Oh, I I, I didn't either. It wasn't and until I, it honestly, wasn't until I saw the blind witch that I thought we, that I realized we were in the underworld.
1: It was when I saw the bowls of chili peppers on the counter of Granny's. I was like, wait a minute, that's odd. And then that's when I was like, oh wait, we've got that weird reddish tint to everything. I completely didn't see that. I had thought that because we had just heard previously that a dead Arthur or an Arthur that was out of the picture was crucial to Hades' plan. I thought that maybe for some reason this was Hades masquerading as Arthur or something like that. But then I, I think just before The Blind Witch kind of came on, I realized, oh, wait a minute, we've got that strange tint to the, the color of the atmosphere. And I kind of put two and two together. So I'm glad you felt I- the same way.
0: I had the exact same thought process as you. When he walked in, I said, okay, now Hades, a la the Dark One, is assuming the form of Arthur in order to trick somebody. I don't know, Arthur's kind of public enemy number one, or I guess number two behind Hades, so that probably wasn't a good person to disguise yourself as. I was also a little confused about... Do you remember who that silent kid was sitting at the bar? He seemed like a little pertinent, but I couldn't remember who he was.
1: Uh, you know what? I meant to look that up uh, after the show and I completely forgot to. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll try to kind of take a look online if I can find it while we're recording. Um, but yeah, I, I also got the impression that it was it was somebody uh, somebody relevant.
0: Yeah, and I do like here, Hook kind of lampshades what we were talking about a few weeks ago with Korra, and said like, hey, even though you did a bunch of bad stuff when you were on the surface, you basically need to do like one good deed, and you'll be able to ascend to Mount Olympus.
1: Yeah, we've had this discussion before in terms of like, uh, so is, you know, are people completely redeemable despite how, like if they do like one nice thing, are they completely uh uh, able to turn things around with a simple act of, of, of unfinished business. And I was a little bit surprised that that was going to be kind of the path that they were offering up, potentially offering up, uh, to, to Arthur in this.
0: Definitely. but, Meanwhile, speaking of Arthur, David, Emma, and Merida find Arthur's body. We talked before. Emma says, all right, let's get Hades. But David says, whoa, whoa, whoa there, soldier. Uh, you're still clouded by Hook, and you, you need to see clearly. But let's get to the more pertinent action here. Selena um, tells Hades what happened. Uh, Hades, which, again, you know, I know we were waffling back and forth about whether Hades was BS or actually <laughs> expressing his true emotions. This is a pure BS move where he says, oh, no, I'll turn myself in for you and when he turns around and we see his face you could tell that he definitely was not going to do that he definitely counted on selena saying oh that's such a that's so you you know you're you're such a hero sacrificing yourself no we need to defend ourselves
1: yeah there there has to be a different way we can use a protection spell oh that's a great idea but uh if that doesn't work do you understand we may have to fight
0: and here we have two big pieces of rock candy to help us in our fight
1: Mm, rock candy i've got these olympian crystals so
0: kurt i don't know if you researched this does the is does anything resembling the olympian crystal exist in greek mythology whatsoever no
1: (laughs) you never you never know with this show um not again i'm not the the expert on greek mythology i had not um I had not, I was not familiar with anything that is, is even like kind of falls in line with that in traditional Greek mythology. I could be completely wrong.
0: No, I mean, it does seem like a weirdly powerful object. I mean, why would you ever need an Olympian crystal, which again, sent people to a past the underworld? Like that would just seem like such a weird, specific object to be used in Greek mythology.
1: I will say that if you Google Olympian crystal, the the sixth result is crystal cocks
0: amazing all right let's let's keep that seo going guys let's spread the word as much as we can now yeah. <laughs> so regina brings up the secret tunnel which i think they actually used in season three when Zelina had hoarded herself up in the mayor's office once they all came back uh and emma wants to come along but again Regina says no emma you're too emotional stay good girl stay uh but robin says i'll go along which again to me was like strike one of how i knew robin hood was going to die this episode
1: okay that's fair that's fair <laughs>
0: well I mean and also again like a little bit tied into strike one here is when they go through the tunnel and they're having a little bit of an argument and Robin keeps saying my daughter my daughter more than Devin from Big Brother 16 has said in his his possible lifetime uh, it was clear that I was like okay almost like in Survivor where sometimes the if someone is invisible for a long time and then they get a lot of screen time right before they go home I was getting a very similar sense from Robin Hood in this episode
1: he was getting the um, fallen hero edit
0: yes exactly fallen angel fallen, was yeah fallen angel yeah no that was hook right technically speaking
1: yeah but he didn't really fall all the way i'm like robin fell further
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> a little bit of a longer fall depending yeah. well depending on where direction we what direction we might think he went to at the end of the day uh speaking of returning characters
1: kurt it's the return of mo bell's father yeah and uh i i really actually i really liked this scene um yeah just uh I mean, it's, it's really kind of hard to say
0: well i mean what do you think about this sort of more menacing gold back in storybrook? you seem to sort more so remain behind the scenes in the underworld especially when this whole hades contract thing was in the picture now that that's done and he's back in his what he calls his kingdom his home turf he seems to be much more in line with the season one and two gold that we're used to
1: yeah get much more nefarious um we don't often see gold resort to threatening people with caning like he was in Singapore <laughs> chewing gum uh, <laughs> uh and, and I'm sure we've talked about it before but I love the fact that the flower shop is called Game of Thorns um
0: yes I think we talked we talked about that in our very first yes, Once Upon a Time podcast I think
1: so I believe so um and it's and I so I, I actually liked and kind of saw it coming a little bit but I kind of liked uh Papa Bell's Uh, move here of you know what I just I don't want her to be with you and so I'm not going to give her the true love's kiss until you're out of her life completely
0: yeah which again you could say on paper is like kind of a selfish move but at the same time this is a guy that wants to protect his daughter now he remembers who he is unlike in season one where the last time when, when Gold was alluding to that he beat him with his cane was when you know an object was stolen from his house and it turned out Regina had recruited Mo and so Gold took him to his cabin and basically just tortured him with a cane to see if he could get information out of him but now that Mel remembers oh yeah I sent you know I, I she went off to live with this cretin now I um, remember what happened between us she's definitely he's definitely a lot less trusting of gold at this point
1: and i don't know if she's if he's i wouldn't even necessarily say that he's being a little bit um selfish or or anything like that it's he really i think has his daughter's best interest i think that like if he could communicate with her it's like hey are you cool with staying asleep until i get until gold's out of your life she'd probably say yes you know she would probably say yes um yeah um, you know, unless, I mean, unless she's still hanging on to the hope uh, while asleep that he's going to do good instead of bad.
0: So before things get cany, Emma breaks up the fight and tries to enlist Gold's help in going against Hades. And Gold refuses. And again, I feel like we're back in season one. Gold at this point, in that he seems to refuse to take a side right now. He seems to be operating on his own agenda.
1: Yeah, and and, and again, somebody. Completely going against everybody else who was trying to make Emma feel good. He's like, Why would I tell you this? It's it's your fault that we're here.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we go back to the underworld here, and we have Hook and Arthur going to Hades' lair, where Arthur is lamenting that Hades was a, a much worse king than I was. And seems like they're searching for the Hades pages from the storybook. Mm-hmm. And we were wondering, hey, what's Arthur's use here? I guess Arthur gives the great tidbit that, hey, the best kings keep their most treasured values in their throne. Uh, Is this a proven fact? Do we know? I mean, I can't imagine what's being kept in the Iron Throne in Game of Thrones. Um...
1: Yeah, you know, I'm sure that there's like a gay manufacturer out there. I know with like an Ikea of thrones that has like these secret compartments in every single throne that's out there. I mean, that would be kind of an interesting little bit of a side quest. If it's like, what secrets lie in the thrones of the Enchanted Forest?
0: Yeah, it was a little weird. It almost seemed like, I don't know, like, uh, a- like a barber chair at first it, it had did. a little side of compartment that just sort of popped out
1: it had yeah they had like that weird like i'm not used to thrones having that kind of that foot prop thing at the bottom it did to me also look like as like someone was going to get a, a shave and a haircut
0: so hook and arthur bring this information back to cruella uh and it seems like cruella is totally in i'm the ruler of the underworld now she proclaimed her want to do this last episode I don't know why Hook asked, hey, where's the phone booth? Because it seemed pretty clear and Hook was there when Corella ripped the phone out of its socket. So I I don't know why he thinks it it could get put back together and is just assembled in some secret corner that he doesn't know about.
1: Yeah, I I think it was more wishful thinking than anything that she was perhaps being sneaky about it.
0: Yeah, no, no sneaky sneakiness from Corella. So it seems like they are going to have to kind of strike off on their own. And that means exploring uh, a region that Hook did not want to see so soon. Go into the river of lost souls. Uh, and Corella even mentions here, I guess off camera, we, we mentioned what was the significance of the storybook being put in the library last episode. I guess we assume that off screen Corella found it and then put it in the river.
1: Yeah, okay yes um a good job Hedry. good thinking b when when she said it said i think she said it's in the river of lost souls i took it to mean it was like in the river of lost souls same i thought i meant like oh it's lost forever exactly like they're gonna have to get some a mermaid who is immune to the powers of the river to retrieve it for them or something
0: yeah, or, or, or someone they have to like bribe a ghost to dive in and get it.
1: Yeah, I, I actually this is where I started to think we were going to maybe see like a return of Gaston or uh, James or somebody uh, that, and they basically have to bribe a soul to retrieve it.
0: Yeah, it makes more sense from a from a planning perspective that you would want. book to go into the river so that there's no chance of anybody ever getting to it though maybe if you put the book in the river and it gets destroyed does that mean you get destroyed as well there's a lot of storybook logic that loosely connects with this show so maybe she thought let's keep things safe I'll, i'll entrust it to a loyal gargoyle
1: who wasn't really even an active being she it's i don't i i don't yeah i just don't know i'm not sure like how it got to where it got because it didn't yeah. seem like she would have... Does Cruella seem like the type who would venture on a boat trip? It's awfully damp down there. It's awfully muggy. It would be ruin her clothes. It would ruin her hair. Um, Cruella would not take a boat trip to place that book in the hands of the gargoyle. So I don't know how it got there. It just really made me seem... It really made it seem like it was in the river.
0: Well, maybe, you know, we said that she could possibly take control of the underbrook dog kennel last episode. Maybe she was able to recruit some pooches to go across the River of Lost Souls and procure the book in the gargoyle's hands
1: i'm sure that's the answer
0: (laughs) when in doubt it happened a dog did it
1: Yeah, yeah exactly
0: so emma hit a dead end she goes to the library and this is where her parents again tell her stop you're clearly involving hook in this you need to move on though again speaking towards this telepathic connection between the two she also feels that he hasn't moved on but they say hey just chillax read a book Take your mind off of it. And while they decide to hit the hit the books and study their way out of this situation, Hades is making the Olympian crystal more and more dangerous by filling it with magic
1: he's kind of like binding the two parts together and it's happening a lot more slowly than i had expected that it would
0: yeah and i mean i mean how long did it take excalibur to get forged together though and again that's a nice connecting of the first and second parts of this season that in both cases this Mm -hmm. ultra powerful weapon included two parts that had gotten broken and need to be reforged
1: yeah i thought you were a god how come it's taking you so long to do this gosh
0: well, I mean, it's an it's an object that obviously has been utilized by the gods. I guess it has godly power. I mean, this is where Hades, as you said before, kind of provides the exposition that Zeus had cast him down to the underworld because it seemed like he was try- going to try to use it for nefarious purposes, and that's how he became Lord of the Underworld. And then Hades gets a rather unexpected call.
1: It's like a, this is a really kind of strange, surreal moment. Um, and... Uh, it's. Do we have any idea what kind of deal Gold is looking for? Because it seems like he, he just wants a piece of the crystal. Which, spoiler alert, he does end up getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "Is is that just kind of all he's angling for the entire time?" is It it's I don't know. Did Hades make the right move here? Should he have worked? Should he have been working with Gold?
0: I mean, I think if you're thinking it from Hades perspective, of course not. I mean, this is a guy who only really trusts himself and Zelina, who at this point is one of his lawyer, loyal followers. If someone comes to him and says, Hey, I'll work with you. He's going to be extremely wary to trust that person to begin with. But objectively speaking, he absolutely should have considering that again, gold at this point is back to his prototype version where it seems like he's taking neither side and almost like, I know we keep making survivor comparisons, but he almost, he's almost serving the swing vote portion here or almost like in big brother Canada, the mighty middle and that this he wants the two sides to keep you know fighting against each other so i i since we have the knowledge of what happened i definitely think he should have but if you appear yourself in Hades' mindset at that point you don't want to reach out and get anyone's help considering that you just procured the most ultimate magical thing i think we've seen thus far on the show
1: yeah i mean i do like uh gold's point about yeah, this is my this is my realm now, so if you think you can bring up magic this powerful into it without me knowing, you're crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, which again speaks towards Hades' megalom- megalomaniacal sense about himself, that he believes, okay, this is my kingdom, I'm a god, damn it, I can do what I want here, And but he clearly doesn't know the lay of the land, Gold kind of has home field advantage here.
1: Yeah, and uh, I don't think that really surprised any of us
0: definitely not strike two for me of robin hood is going to die this episode occurred with their continued conversation in the tunnels and specifically when robin you know apologizes to regina and he says you know we always lean to change our future is not written by our past regina you're my future and i basically just oh, saw yeah. the x's on his eyes right there
1: The same way um and this is where I also kind of had the note because they're still in the tunnels, but if we look at just time-wise how long they've been here, it must have been like the entrance to the secret tunnel was like way, 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 like in the Dwarven mines, way on the other side of town. And then they had to walk back through the tunnels um, because also during that long walk, he needed that much time to be able to actually think in his head and change his mind. Um, he, he, he kind of arrived he kind of arrived at this new perspective on things uh pretty quickly so i can actually see that being a really long walk he, he needed the time to actually ponder it and think about what he really wanted to say to her
0: so do you think it was for me the the final nail in the coffin might be oh robin do you have a plan yeah i know i always have a plan but this time i definitely don't but i think things are going to be
1: exactly the same as they always turn out to be uh It didn't, that one didn't signify as much to me as like kind of him professing, uh, you know, his love for Regina and he'll always be with her and, you know, forgiving Zelina. Uh, to me, this was this more of a kind of, uh, bringing the audience along and the level of uncertainty that he was facing. But now yeah, obviously knowing and upon reflection, it's, it seems almost obvious that, oh yeah, this is, this is not bode well for his chances.
0: Yeah, the, I, if we're making a podcast here about why, like why Robin lost, yeah. I feel like this might be a part of it in that he, they ended up becoming very lucky later on that Emma provided a distraction conveniently at the same time, but not, not going in without a, with a plan, especially coming from a, a master thief himself is, uh, not, not good to work on his part.
1: Yeah. And I wonder to what extent that was, because at this point, Emma, when Emma's doing that, she knows that, uh, she that the Olympian crystal is the key. This is after she reads the the storybook. And so part of me also wonders if, you know, her goal is to call attention to Zelina or call attention to herself. Maybe that that distraction was actually purposeful, but I'm not entirely sure. So, yeah, I, I, I it may have just been luck, as you had said.
0: So Hook and Arthur sail down the River of Lost Souls, and they event actually eventually end up where Hook was hoisted in that James Bond device where he was initially quote unquote rescued by Emma in the fourth episode of this half season. Then they find so the book wasn't thrown in the river of lost souls as we mentioned before. It was just sort of given to a gargoyle in the River of Lost Souls. Kurt, I'll admit to this, while I really, really liked this storyline this episode, this scene felt a little sloppy to me in terms of the course of events.
1: Yeah, because he's telling he's like telling uh, Arthur to keep an eye on the boat, but he's going like 30 feet away. Like he, I thought he, I was expecting hook to go into this archway and have to like face something, but no, he's like just right within spitting distance of the boat. And it, it seemed like more of a farewell to Arthur than he needed to have. And then it was like, um, like this false choice between having to choose between the taking the book and saving Arthur. Like there's nothing going after the book. Just go save Arthur. But it, it was a really strange, uh, choice and set of events for this one limited set.
0: Yeah. I thought at first that when hook had to make the choice between rescuing Arthur from this, pirates of the caribbean ghost or going for the book that it would mimic the choice that emma had to make last episode and that like this was a test and he would get the book all along but it was Mm. weird that they had arthur almost get dragged into the river then hook saves him and then three seconds later another ghost attacks i guess maybe you had to quickly introduce this idea so that it didn't come out of nowhere but it seems weird that this happened twice over the course of one minute
1: yeah it was just a a strange overall like, why didn't the first ghost just go after the book? Because it's basically what the second ghost did. Um, I, I don't know. It, it was just this this scene was just over, the whole book thing was just strange for me. Like, how the book end up with the gargoyle when we thought it up in the river? Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, not a fan of uh, as much as I like the pairing of Hook and Arthur. This whole thing, I like you. You kind of described it as sloppy. I can I can co-sign that.
0: Though I will give credit where credit's due. Uh, Hook should go into a baseball career now that he's back on Earth because that was a hell of a diamond catch.
1: True, although I think he needs two hands to swing a bat. <laughs> yeah, you can use a pinch hitter. Arthur was good with the, with the torch, though. Arthur's, your, Arthur's the pinch hitter yeah
0: i mean these two could definitely i don't know they should start playing pickup basketball or something back in storybrook though arthur of course is going to stay behind maybe he'll start his own underworld league so hook is able to save the book and they put in the new pages which they actually vocalize now that Hades' weakness turns out to be a literal double-edged sword in that the olympian crystal also has the capacity to kill anyone even a god
1: yeah um I, I'm trying to think if, if it makes, it makes sense. And, and I, I wasn't sure if the, if the weakness that was going to be described in the storybook, if it was going to be literally, here's a weapon, or if it was going to be more like, um, You know, he has a soft spot for X or, you know, if like if Emma was going to figure out that, uh, you know, the the disappointment slash approval of his family is his biggest weakness. I wasn't quite sure which way it was going to go, but it went went very literal in terms of a, a physical weakness. Here's a weapon.
0: Yeah, and I was actually kind of happy about that in that if we had to have Hades' weakness get introduced for him to die in this episode, this seemed like the cleanest way to do it. To just say, oh yeah, the weapon that he was creating turns out it has some blowback in that it can kill him as well. I think that's a lot easier than what you talked about before, which is like, oh, the more metaphoric weaknesses, which I feel like affected some of our villains earlier on in the series.
1: That's a fair point.
0: So the storybook now, Sort of, I guess maybe the storybooks on the underworld and our world kind of have their own connection in that the storybook sort of suddenly appears next to Emma. I don't know if it appears, but it happened to be next to Emma. And Emma has the compulsion to turn to the book. But once she sees the picture of her and Hook dancing in the season three finale, she immediately shuts it, which thank goodness that book flipped open to its own page because Emma could have just screwed them all. But the book kind of does the work <laughs> here, and Emma realizes what. Hook was trying to send as a message. Yeah,
1: her her attention to detail not that great. So I was I was glad that the mystical wind began to kind of pick up and and point her in the right direction. Although the interesting thing is, uh, if there is this connection between the books, then the pages about Hades should have been in the original storybook all along, which Henry should know back and forth.
0: Well, I wonder though, since Hades. Mm, it's a good question, right? Because you would, theor- you would theorize that, Oh, Hades only exists in the underworld. Therefore he's a, he's a, you know, world specific character and he would only be in those pages. But Hades apparently also existed on the earth at one point in time. So he could be in the, in the earth book as well.
1: I mean, and the, and the once upon a time storybook is all about characters from other worlds. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it grew to exist, uh, originally, um, well, no, because I'm sorry. the 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 author uh, was was of the Enchanted Forest, but you've still got like Wonderland. You've got other non-Enchanted Forest stories in the storybook, and the underworld is just a kind of another realm, just like that. If anything, it's it's meant to you know be a copy of storybook. So I was just surprised that if that the um, that if we have this connection where you could put pages in to the book. Uh, back in the book in the underworld that they will then appear in the book in the overworld that those, those pages had they should have been there all along, uh, before Hades took them out.
0: definitely well Hades assembles the Olympian crystal Zelina and I'll say something about Zelina here I, I will admit it was a little repetitive for her to keep saying no he's changed I love him he's great but I do kind of feel for her here especially when she tells him like okay now that it's gone let's just go get out of town and get an apartment you can tell that like she just she's happy she just wants to be done and leave and it makes me feel even worse that like she realizes slowly that the person that she's fallen in love with is someone that's clearly used her
1: Yes, yeah, like and Hades, like no, they're just gonna hunt us down. We can't just let them be.
0: Do you think that Regina and Robin were able to? Do you think it would their sneaking would have been even more of a disaster had Emma not happened to appear just in time to try to blast open the doors of the town hall?
1: Um, I'm not sure. uh I, I have faith that they would have potentially caused some other sort of distraction. I mean, they occlude into the lights flickering. Let's just say hypothetically Regina could have caused that same effect. Um I th- I think that if they even hadn't seen if they hadn't seen Emma outside attacking the the, uh, the the front, um they still would have gone to try to see what's causing the what's what's the cause of this commotion, what's causing the light flicker lights flickering. So I still, I think that I have faith that they would have still given some sort of distraction. <laughs>
0: Zelina's going to poof down to the, the fuse box to make sure that everything's ship shape.
1: Yeah, she's going to bring the dwarves with her. Uh, it's going to be a whole nother. Oh, see, that's season four, Kurt. Season oh, four. sorry, sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this town experiences power outages all the time. Will Scarlet appears. He tries to rob everyone again. Yep. That's the ultimate throwback. So Zelina poops out to stop Emma herself, even though they both say, OK, let's take care of things. Um, Emma is trying to, again, once again, explain herself. But Zelina is misinterpreting things. She Emma has the pages in her hands and Zelina thinks that she's trying to use this to destroy her love and asks if Regina put her up to this. Meanwhile, while Robin and Regina think that they've successfully infiltrated things, even though they don't have a plan and they pick up the baby Hades is right behind them with the crystal and here we have a standoff
1: yeah it's um Hades is like oh you're not going to be killed you'll be destroyed as we mentioned earlier and and Regina says well if you kill me you're going to lose Zelina as I was like, well, Zelina won't find out about this like how could Zelina not find out about this but I mean what Hades
0: say it was self defense um flee that
1: argument <laughs> Uh, maybe, but at this point I think there's, I think there's little things that are, I don't think Zelina is completely, uh, blind to the fact that something is going on. I think there's little bits that she's willfully choosing to ignore, but I think there's from a rational perspective, I think there's little things that at least she's bookmarking to think about.
0: All right. So let's talk about Robin Hood's death scene. Itself. So Hades goes to zap Regina with the crystal and Robin Hood jumps right in front of her. It seems like he absorbs the entire shock. Uh, I think this is pointed out on the uh, AV Club review of this episode that it did almost seem like maybe it was supposed to sort of. Uh, develop and heighten the emotions behind the scene, but everything almost seemed to to kind of occur in slow motion after that, to the point of where Regina just sort of stared and looked at him. She didn't really step out. She didn't really do anything. Maybe she was just so in shock by how shocked Robin was.
1: Yeah, and it, it's almost a little bit like Zelena missed her cue to enter, and they kind of had to like, you know, stall. <laughs> like if this was a stage play, <laughs> um, it's like yeah, it's kind of like this: lots of staring and slow motion and open eyes, until so Zelina comes in and is like, "What's going on? What happened?" Yeah,
0: it's a very, it's very extended here in that Robin Hood has the time to sort of calmly turn around, look Regina in the eyes, reach out to her. Then his body collapses, but a blue spiritual form of Robin Hood still remains before it eventually disappears now we'll see hades goes in a very different way in a few minutes but considering that the ghosts in the river of lost souls were blue could there be a possible connection to now his soul is lost and he is going he's not he again he's not going to the underworld because that's what hades promised the crystal did but maybe his soul is going someplace different than where neil went for example
1: um, see, I always kind of looked at the, the river of lost souls. We've always seen it as green. And like when the image, like those wraiths that came out were kind of bluish, but I always kind of looked at the, the souls that were swirling through the rivers as kind of more greenish. So I didn't really necessarily make that connection. Although... Um, if the underworld was kind of a creation of the, uh, you know, Greek God power and this Olympian crystal, maybe he was connected to that, I, I, I guess possibly, I mean, at least the, the explanation of, uh, destroyed and never coming back, uh, it is very similar to kind of how we've been brought along to think about what happens when someone gets dumped in the river of lost souls. Um, It's
0: it's so strange to me just because again, I don't think we've ever seen anyone die this way. Usually when someone dies, they die. It's not like a, a cartoony like spirit ghost escapes from them. It just seems so atypical that I almost have to think there's some reason why it's different from all the other deaths that have happened on this show. Maybe it's just the fact that, He's not going to the underworld, unlike all these other characters that we've seen the past 11 episodes.
1: Yeah, it's it I th- or, or just, you know, it's a new way to die that someone hasn't done before. And it's so it, and it also has to be in a way that is commensurate to uh, his importance to the show, quote unquote, importance. <laughs> um, so I think I think we just were treated to a special way of death that we haven't seen before.
0: Ooh, so should we call it like the Robin death from now on? Is he the? Did he coin the term because this is the only time we've seen someone die like that?
1: Um, you know what? If we see somebody else die and collapse, and their spirit is there, and then the spirit kind of goes away, I think it would be fair to say, oh, that person got a Robin death. I think that's perfectly fair. I just, I just don't know. Got hooded. Um, Hood didn't get that though. The ro- ro- oh i was thinking hook sorry i was thinking you oh, said yeah hood hood i'm sorry enunciation
0: yes. is key on these podcasts
1: um, um i think
0: because i, 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 I don't want to also adopt this namesake to robin the new baby
1: <laughs> well you know what that's the problem when you name your kids after people who died is unfortunately there's legacy things that will tie to you i i i, I think he got the i think saying that they got the robin treatment uh is a little bit this flows off the tongue a little bit more nicely
0: yeah though let's not associate that with cbs sitcoms i mean something completely different otherwise yes so Zelina rushes in just in, not just in
1: time but right yeah, after the a fact a little bit late if we're actually being honest
0: <laughs> time, i mean you said if, if regina missed her cue to enter during this extended slow-mo period Zelina definitely missed her cue she was in her dressing room putting on her you know taking off the last of her green makeup before having to come in uh regina f- makes sort of a final plea to Zelina, saying like look Hades is bad. Look what he just did and I'll have a question for you Kurt. If Hades doesn't fess up here if he doesn't admit you know I did I want to keep everyone down there to protect you and you know we have to use this power to protect our happiness. If he just keeps lying like he has been this entire episode does Regina get killed or does does Hades get away?
1: Um, v- Potentially I kind of did a fate like a a head slap the face palm uh when like he's like did, is this true did you trap them in the world yep i did i tried to keep them there we'd have this to ourselves but now they're here and we have to destroy. like he completely just for no reason gave up all of the info uh um, yeah, maybe he, he was just kind of caught up in the moment But uh, don't
0: they say like some of like the best criminals want to get caught sometimes that there's sort of a psychological complex where they want to get caught. So they want to explain why they did it and why they're so smart. Maybe Hades sort of has that component in his brain.
1: I guess it was it it was uh, not not a good plan.
0: (laughs) Definitely not. Look, if Robin and Regina didn't have a plan, I feel like Hades might have been flying by the seat of his pants here, too.
1: Oh, he very much was. He very much was. His,
0: and well, he's a liar. His pants are on fire. So maybe he wasn't able to fly by the seat of his pants as much as he could because they were charred in cinders. So in, Hades says, okay, Zalina, here's the crystal. Let's kill your sister. But Regina gives this big speech. And sort of, uh, Regina sort of has on her side here the fact that they just made up a few episodes ago. So she has the power of, you know, relevancy, I guess, over Hades at this point. How, you know, I believed in you all along. I wanted you to find true love, but... Love can blind you, which, again, is the argument that she's made for the past few episodes. But Zelina finally gets it. And Regina makes the final big analogy of the night, which is, hey, love is true sacrifice. Look what Robin just did for me. And, you know, on top of all the the weird stuff that might have happened with Robin's death, I feel like that was a good definitive final statement on Regina's part, that she could give it the ultimatum and say, look at this dead body in front of me. That is true love. He's not going to do that for you. He's been lying to you the entire time.
1: Yeah, that, that's it's it, it was a it was a good point to make. It was a good reminder of kind of of at least how the writers want us to view what Robin did, um, and it, it's I think just further fuel for the whole sisters before misters uh, uh, mm-hmm. stance here. So um, I, I think, uh, and this is and again, this is where I was starting to think that we were going to maybe get a two for in terms of Zelina also somehow being destroyed, whether she attacks Hades and they both end up, you know, imploding somehow or she was going to take out hades and take out herself which would have been really really sad um murder suicide (laughs) would have been a really dark way to
0: end this episode of once upon a time
1: (laughs) but it wouldn't be the season finale um uh, so i I, but yeah you kind of apart from that small flicker of maybe does she sacrifice herself because hades like come full on at both of them um i was pretty sure that we were going to see zelena take out hades here
0: yeah, so you said when she raised the Olympian crystal and she held it for an inordinate amount of time, you assumed that she was just going to turn directly to her left and stab Hades, right? Correct. Pretty and much. she did. Yeah. <laughs> And it's interesting, again, if we're comparing Robin's death with Hades death, that he ends up bursting into his signature blue flame and then collapsing into dust. And uh, Becca asked a question that it'll bring, be brought up with the last scene, but Hades turns into a pile of dust. Nobody vacuums the dust in the aftermath of the scene at all. No janitorial staff on hand here.
1: Oh, no. My first thought was, OK, and you're going to immediately clean that up, right? I mean. You do not leave the ashes of a god lying in the middle of a magical kingdom or a magical city of Storybrooke. You just you just don't don't do that's really just bad form and bad thinking. Um, Yeah, granted, they had a lot going on, so maybe you can't blame them too much. But I yeah, my immediate thought was and someone better take care of that right away.
0: Yeah, I mean, remember what happened to Zelina? I mean, gold smashed her into a billion pieces but apparently according to that season four flashback her spirit kind of oozed out of it and still went into the portal so really you have to like incinerate everything into tiny tiny little pieces and then put that in a box and then put that box into another box and then smash it with a hammer in order to really destroy someone in this show
1: yeah and and to be fair my concern was more if you don't do something with the ashes scatter them bless them uh you know i don't know that he might come back i was not thinking that there would be a remnant of the crystal left in there
0: yeah that's true because i guess maybe the, and we'll talk more about this in the last scene but i guess the shard of crystal that was stabbed into him as opposed to being shocked a la robin i guess that ended up being the surviving piece
1: yeah uh, that that's what i'm guessing yeah
0: it, it broke off uh, in stabbing contact yes and Uh, Speaking towards Robin's death, I will admit, uh, I don't really feel so much sad for Robin as much as I feel horrible for Regina. I mean, we talked about this at the end of our last podcast, that this woman has really just had the worst luck of anyone I've seen on a network show in a long time, considering she finally found her true love, then okay her his true love's wife is back, okay. they're able to get by it. Oh, wait, no, his true love's wife was actually his sister her her sister, and she's pregnant with his child. That's horrible, but they were finally able to make things up, pave the way she's his future, according to him, and now he dies and when I see Regina and Zelina like holding on to each other, weeping, I just felt just horrible for this woman like poor regina as much as you might want to you know tear her apart from her actions in the first season she did not deserve any of this whatsoever
1: right and i i i'm in the same boat and it was even more like i think even we talked about last um uh last episode that i think more so if hood was to be the one to die that i just saw this potentially not just feeling bad for regina but also hoping that the show doesn't end up devolving into uh regina as main villain
0: yeah and we'll and we'll talk about that when when we speculate a little bit about next week because it seems like again we're talking about real old school things this half season we're possibly set up for a two-hour finale where our main villains are regina and mr gold yeah which is super super duper interesting we get back to the underworld here uh hook and arthur you know, they're they're wrapping things up. Arthur's finally happy to finish a righteous quest. And Hook now has, that, again, that sort of psychic-like feeling that Emma did what she was supposed to do. And then suddenly, through that archway... So you, you don't even need to be in the sorting pit at this point. You yeah. see, convenient, conveniently through the arch, maybe it's sort of like, a, I don't know, an exit from the sorting pit. But Olympus glows through the archway, and it seems like the defeat of Hades was Hook's unfinished business all along.
1: Um... Which is strange because the whole point of Unfinished Business is it's something that you weren't able to do in the overworld. Um, so it's not really following the logic of Unfinished Business. Like well, he maybe. Because he, he, he didn't end up in the underworld because uh, of his unfinished business with Hades.
0: Yeah, I mean, it It may tie into his Emma stuff as well, though he didn't outright say it, that maybe as much as she tried to encourage him, don't have me be your unfinished business, you have to assume at least a smidgen of it was her. And so maybe it's a combination of Hades yeah. being defeated and him knowing, okay, Emma did what I told her to do. I can now leave. Maybe it was sort of a a sum of those factors.
1: Or maybe it's like you're in college and you have to take, you know, advanced, you know, uh, calculus to graduate with your degree. But if you take these two statistics courses instead, we'll allow it as as a substitute for that. So maybe that's kind of what happened.
0: The one thing that confuses me even more is that (laughs) Hook says, okay, Arthur, come with me. As if, I guess he assumed that, oh, yeah, this was Arthur's big quest, and now he can move on. Which, I mean, who knows? Had they walked through together, Arthur might have even been spat back out, depending on how the powers that be viewed his deed.
1: For me, it actually made more sense to me that this was Arthur's turn, chance to move on, because I saw Arthur's unfinished business as completing a quest for good. I mean, there were many times during this episode where Hook kind of frames this whole search for the pages and search for the book as uh, his holy grail, and, and kind of a grail-like quest, a grail quest. And so I had kind of viewed... I seek the grail! Yes. <laughs> I, I had viewed Arthur's unfinished business as as you know going on one last quest but this time for its selfless reasons and for the pursuit of good and so when this is actually finished i thought maybe this was actually arthur's chance to move on and less so hook's chance to move on i was more surprised when this was uh hook's chance to move on
0: but I think Arthur not moving on makes more sense because now that when he says it afterwards, I do believe his unfinished business was that he was he yeah. felt like he was prophesied to mend a broken kingdom. And he realized that this oh. was the place to do it.
1: I actually that might have been the uh, part of this uh, penultimate uh, Sunday as that was that I liked the most. I without that explanation, I was thinking no this was his chance to move on but then when arthur puts words to like well we'd always i'd always thought that my business uh was to fix a broken kingdom my unfinished business is to probably still do that and this is a really broken kingdom its ruler isn't there it's kind of without without lead uh except for cruella um and uh, so I actually, once he kind of put words to that and explained it, it did make more sense to me. And I really liked that almost as an elegant writing solution to what was going on here.
0: I completely agree. I thought this was great writing because, again, when we, the reason why everyone kept asking, when are we going to see Arthur in the Camelotians, why are we going to see Arthur in the Camelotians, is because he we left things on a very open end. And yes, Arthur was a villain, but there was this whole idea of the prophecy that I think, was really something interesting and the fact that he didn't actually have his fulfillment and the fact that they were able to really tie that back 10 episodes later and really bring it back into prominence. I thought was really, really well done. And again, I can't say enough. This is something that usually doesn't happen on once upon a time. So I was thrilled that it happened.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it was a nice, um, not, I don't even want to say end because I'm not convinced it is the end. Um but it was it was a nice I think elegant solution to giving Arthur a reason to stay in the underworld
0: and speaking of you know is this the end I do have a question from Nathan Bayless here that says King Arthur spoke tonight of a prophecy that he would restore a kingdom but there's also a well-known prophecy that he will someday return to our world which I think connects more to the Arthurian legend in our world rather than the mythos of once upon a time but he asks, could we perhaps as fulfillment of this prophecy see him return to the show or are we more likely to see a once upon a time in underbrook spinoff series where he and Cruella are vying for control of the underworld so what do you think Kurt is this the last we're going to see of the underworld world and arthur
1: if my choice is arthur returning to the overworld and a once upon a time spinoff series with arthur and corella i have to go with the first one i don't think either is going to happen um i I would say that uh, we're more likely to see um some brief Uh, one to two episode return or reference to the underworld uh, in which Arthur plays a role. Um, But I I don't think Arthur is coming back. um, And I don't think we're going to see any longer term uh, 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 media presence that takes place or involves the underworld.
0: I agree, and I would also make a bold prediction that I think Once Upon a Time is done with spinoffs after Once Upon a Time in Wonderland did not deliver. I am Um, hoping. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. You never know with this franchise, but... I, yeah, I think, you know, unless another main character dies and ends up in the underworld, I don't know if they feel like there's a reason for them to go there. And as much as we talk about them tying in half-season arcs, they do have a tendency of, again, tying things up in a neat little package by the end of the half season, and sort of putting it away in the closet to maybe, you know, tease out one day, play with the toy a little bit that you got up for Christmas three years ago, but for the most part, they're not really going to reinvestigate things. So for all intents and purposes, I would call this Arthur resolution like, the final beat we'll see in in king arthur's story and we can just sort of assume that when it comes to his story in the storybook that he lived happily ever after being the best king that he could be in the underworld
1: i mean what i'd like to see uh cruella and arthur as uh uh not quite frenemies um but more like, kind of like rivals trying to take over the underworld i think that could be kind of fun i just don't think it's going to happen.
0: I, it would have been nice but i feel like those are two characters that don't have like as much of a fervent support like zelena or pan that people would really want to see them back that the producers would say okay yeah let's have them back in prominence but who knows you know considering how these people were able to get back to the surface using a portal anything might be possible on this show true so let's talk about a very interesting part of the show right
1: <laughs> oh yes.
0: A almost a literal Deus Ex Machina here. Uh very reminiscent of spoiler alert Harry Potter meeting Dumbledore at King's Cross station in the Deathly Hallows. Hook appears in a bright room that is seems to be decorated with eternal Roman columns spanning the width of this room. A man in a Greek robe appears behind them, sort of a baby-faced guy who reveals himself to be Zeus. I, um, uh, which I mean, if, if we're to if we remember the Zeus from Greek legend, I can't imagine this bro did all that stuff.
1: No, I thought that I honestly thought this was um, Hermes for Greek gods, Mercury for Roman gods, messenger of the gods seemed to be there to deliver a message kind of always depicted as youthful and spry and probably, you know, runner just this, uh, this was not the bearded Zeus who throws thunderbolts and turns into animals to impregnate women. Uh, yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, this, this was, this was not, this was not your father's Zeus. This yeah, was like, th- th- like, spoiler alert. This was the, uh, this was the, uh, Aunt May is to Captain America Civil War as this guy, uh, is to Zeus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this is not your rip-torn in Hercules, Zeus. It definitely is a different take on him, which, again, I'm always appreciative of Once Upon a Time for doing, but it was, it sort of came a little out of left field. Uh, though Zeus, again, the big boss, I guess Hook did such a good job that he came down personally to escort him onward into the light. Kurt, at this point of the episode, do you think, okay, there's a possibility here that we might be done with Captain Hook?
1: Um, no. I I thought that maybe he was um, go- actually part of me. Part of me thought that they were maybe turning him into a god, which I <laughs> which I've been like uh, they talk about you know under promising and over delivering. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I figured there was something more in store. I didn't know what it would be. I didn't think it was going to be what it ended up being. But I thought that maybe it was going to be you know something that was still going to be uh you know does he go on to like if this is a kind of a way station, does he go on to Mount Olympus Mount Olympus proper and we get more of like uh, Emma finding out, because I think I said last week, you know, I picked Emma as the death because I thought she was going to go on a quest to find Hook wherever he was at, at that point, the underworld. So I thought maybe this was still going to happen in terms of uh, Hook goes on to someplace like Mount Olympus where uh, Emma is able to, through some sort of magic, follow him and try to bring him back. But I did not, I think, I, I'm pretty sure I did not, think that he was dead and gone
0: well i mean hook doesn't need the title of a god i feel like the tumblr people have denoted him a god
1: as it is yeah okay go tumblr
0: <laughs> so we go to hook's grave here and emma puts a flask on it thanks him for his patience and says all right the job's done and, and she's in a better place though she has to admit through tearful eyes that you know i'm while i should be happy i'm really not because now i know you're officially gone Though, let's wait a five minutes Emma, and see if that statement holds water
1: part of me was thinking it would be awesome if zeus caused like the hand comes up through the freshly dug grave and like grabs the rose <laughs> zombie hook <laughs> exactly um that would have kind of been funny but no that's not what we got <laughs>
0: But meanwhile, let's get to what I believe is the sadder funeral here. And again, as much as I might have said, okay, Robin dying didn't hit me as much. For some reason, this funeral really hit me hard, Kurt. And the one thing that really almost broke me was when it cuts to freaking Roland going up to the grave and putting an arrow on for his father. This poor kid is an orphan now. And I just feel horrible for this little boy.
1: Your silence makes it sound like I have to agree, so I'm going to agree.
0: <laughs> that, I mean, yes, Kurt, say <laughs> sympathetic to my to my pl- to my plight.
1: Um, the the I agree. When a boy loses his father, it's sad.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's that's, an, that's a pretty objective statement.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm taking a controversial stance on that one. Um, I don't know. I think it's just because I saw this scene in the previews and there's a funeral and i was pretty sure robin hood wasn't coming back i i was like okay let's move on to the other stuff i it's so i i again i'm the cold hearted bastard uh i have no heart um it was always one or the other i'm either cold hearted or have no heart
0: that's um, why you're staying in the underworld yes. Kurt, until your heart can
1: beat again yes exactly so it's i for, for me, I was just waiting for this scene to end, oh. as, as horrible as that sounds.
0: Well, and it's also interesting to note that it, Sean McGuire revealed in an interview that there was actually a deleted scene from this episode where he did kind of not necessarily have closure with Roland, but you ask like, OK, did Robin even see his son when he came back? And yes, it turned out that little John has sort of entrusted his care to Roland. he's been looking after him while they've been away and he gets to bond with roland see him again roland asks how his sister is doing so they were able to kind of at least see each other if not say goodbye everyone slowly lays their roses with arrows tied to them onto the grave regina is completely stone-faced during this uh zelena walks forward with the baby we talk about this scene that you mentioned before how they say oh yeah by the way robin never got to name his daughter let's name her robin (laughs) <laughs> a Good thing it was a gender neutral name because you imagine this is like the opposite of a boy named Sue.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're going to name it your daughter. I mean, other, other you know, worse names. It, it could have been uh, Little John, David. I mean, see, there's not a lot of names in the. In, luckily, Hercules. Think, <laughs> Hercules. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, oh well.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, we'll we haven't seen baby neil i feel like baby robin might be put in the nursery with the rest of them so it seems like it's more of a poignant moment to again honor a dead character that yes sean mcguire may be gone but he's definitely not forgotten but you know i'm i'm fine with it uh everyone walks away except for emma and snow white here snow encourages emma don't blame yourself and emma's left alone to say goodbye to robin and you wonder why until suddenly a big magical wave hits emma and she turns around kurt this is definitely the year of people coming back from the dead on Sunday night TV. Captain Hook is alive and well.
1: I I'm not happy with this.
0: Yeah, go <laughs> ahead, give me your thoughts. I'd love to
1: hear them. Well, no, it, it it just seems like uh I I I I just don't know. It it seems like such a cheat. It seemed there was so many and I, you know what? we've had this conversation about other seasons of, or half seasons of once upon a time where there's like, I remember last year we talked about this in terms of like the, uh, the Merida episode where there seems to be like two to three episodes toward the middle to late part of the series that are just a little bit of filler that like they, they didn't necessarily need to happen. Uh, they could have sped up some of the events, uh, in the underworld. Um, and then, the this this one episode that is technically uh happens with 2 hours left in the series always seems rushed and it just seemed like there was a lot of rushing in this episode i i would have rather had the battle with hades in storybook take place over two maybe even three episodes have it be a little bit more intrigue uh but i felt really rushed in this episode and then it culminates in like the ultimate like rushing of what i thought was gonna potentially be happening in the final two hours of the season um of suddenly hook is just back and he didn't really even undergo a whole lot of peril on his own to be completely honest um he he said you know what i'm gonna get some pages put them in a book and we're gonna to have to bat around a wraith um but other than that i did some pretty like. Why? There wasn't a lot of physical activity, but I did some, some quick thinking, um, and that was enough for him to kind of earn, earn his wings with Zeus and to get zapped back to the world. Like, so is there a body in the ground? Did that disappear? Is yeah, this,
0: that, that's a good question as well, whether now he's, it's a magic disappearing act, and, or are there two hook bodies? That's definitely a lingering question at the end of this episode.
1: Uh, so I, I, just, I would have rather there had been a slightly more elegant solution than what we got.
0: So I would say the emotions behind this was correct. I mean, it would have been very dark, I feel like, to have both Robin Hood die and Hook kind of move on and metaphorically die as well in one episode, though I think... If that had happened, that might have been that might be like the best episode of the show ever, in my opinion, just because the emotional impact that that would have would be magnanimous, though. I think you also don't want to make Emma this horribly depressed, depraved person and and bring her love back as well. My problem with this is, is twofold. One, I agree with you. I think it was a little rushed to have this happen at the end. I thought it would have been really cool. What if we had a two-hour finale where, you know, they're trying to stop Gold or they're trying to stop Regina, and Hook, meanwhile, is up in Mount Olympus and is trying to figure out how he can get back down to Earth. And we get to explore some Mount Olympus, which we'd never seen before. Really, we get to find out some mythos behind that. I'm sure the writers could have fun with Magical Reliquary there. So that could have been a cool opportunity my problem though lies in the fact that this is by my count the third time in a full year where they have killed off captain hook and effectively brought him back now it's getting a little old in my opinion
1: <laughs> yeah and he even says something to like at some point in the episode to the effect of uh okay just or I think maybe in the last one like uh okay now remember this would have happened if he hadn't brought me back <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he said so he said last episode, like, hey, basically you should have killed me in Camelot. And I think some of the fan base, even though the Captain Swan fans definitely disagree, but some of them might have been like, Yeah, you should have, because I don't know. I mean, I feel like Hook is part of this <laughs> is part of House Greyjoy here. What is dead may never die. He just seems like he keeps coming back, and the problem is there's a there's a law of diminishing returns here, in my opinion, in terms of impact. If we keep putting Hook in mortal danger we're going to keep expecting he's going to keep coming back. And so you can't really give us big impact. Oh no, hook's really dead this time because we know an episode later or even later in the episode, he's going to make a return appearance. And that's, uh, that's not great
1: in my book. Yeah. Um, he, I don't know. It's again, it's not for me so much issue with him. I guess I have, I have less issue with him coming back and more issue with just, literally day it was literally not not just almost a it was literally a deus ex machina in terms of the, the day the, hook says machina yeah it, it, in terms of a god intervenes to just make everything right at the end and the god from above and boom it's it's there I don't know. yeah
0: i'm trying to think there is a pop culture example i feel like where someone is about to move on by another worldly being and is given like, okay, you have one wish. And he says, okay, I wish everything basically was back to normal, and he returns. Which, again, sort of, I would have loved to see at Mount Olympus, it could have been cool. I can understand that I think the producers want to really push Hook and Emma, especially now that Regina and Robin are no more. I just think, again, if you have to kill one of them, stop killing Hook, (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's like putting all your chips on 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 one guy. And then we'll, we'll keep we'll keep dumping our votes on him, uh, just so that uh, it's 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 like a, a Spencer Clausen and being the perpetual nominee and Big Brother. It turns out like hey, we won't take anybody off. We just keep killing the same person.
0: Yeah, he's hooked, spuiting at this point. He's died like three times right now.
1: <laughs> exactly, and he just never stays dead
0: so let's talk about the last scene here uh after the two lovers bond and emma has to unfortunately break the news that robin hood died we see gold saunter into the mayor's office where that dust has yet to be picked up and he laments to the to the i guess i'll call it corpse of hades that he should have taken his deal he swirls his finger around and pulls out a shard of the olympian crystal it looks like we are not out of the woods yet kurt and it seems like I don't know whether the Olympian crystal has its same amount of power in a fractured form, but it seems like gold is up to no good at this point.
1: (laughs) At this point, he's never up to any good. Um, yeah, I think the big question is like, what is he go? What are, what are his plans with this? What is he going to do with it? Um, it's i'm just glad there's no Roomba in the mayor's <laughs> office though or actually i kind of wish there was i think that would have been kind of funny
0: well, if, if hook was if hook was monologuing to a Roomba that was moving around the room that'd be pretty great
1: <laughs> yeah we just have like the Roomba just like perpetually butting itself against this crystal trying to see if it can suck it up because it got all the dust but it just can't get this last crystal um so i think yeah that's the like just like part of a big part of uh this this last season um or the rest of the this season was what are Uh, what are uh, Hades' plans ultimately? Does it involve the overworld? Does it involve storybook? Yes, uh, it turns out. Um, We're kind of now back to that perpetual question of what are uh, Mr. Gold's short to midterm plans i think his longer range plan is always more power more power you we can assume world domination but in terms of what his yeah. short his short-term plans are uh like looking at like a one to two year plan uh it's always a little fuzzy with him and so it's like yeah obviously if he wants power he wants this crystal but is there something specific about it does he have some specific uh goal in mind by getting this that, that's, yeah. i'm not saying he needs to but It'll be interesting
0: to see what he uses the Olympian crystal for. Maybe he'll use it to threaten Moe into waking Bell up. Maybe, Who knows? Maybe maybe he's using it for just that.
1: Maybe he'll use the Olympian crystal to vote out Randy Bailey.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Go, go home. Goodbye. <laughs> now let's talk about the other half of this equation here, Kurt, with a little bit of our speculation. Because it is talked about in the preview how Regina is obviously very emotionally stricken by Robin Hood's death. And she vocalizes that the other characters might think she'll go evil again this was sort of talked about even at the beginning of season four when after regina found out that robin hood really couldn't be with her because Marion had returned as well she sort of she didn't become evil but she sort of like hit away on her own and didn't really participate in the main action that was going on do you think we're gonna get the same results from regina here
1: yeah i voiced earlier that that was my fear my concern um i the fact that they. And it's getting a little bit into the previews the fact that they call that out in the previews as as like she's she's concerned that others will be concerned that that that'll be her approach to life now uh makes me think that it's there's a good chance that it won't be quite that simple that she'll actually be um she'll take some different approach to grief this time other than kind of anger and striking out
0: It's interesting to me, we have the two-hour finale next week, and I feel like in the past, the two-hour finales have been so independent so much that like we talked about with the season three finale that you could basically make that like a two hour made for tv movie you could almost do that with last year's finale as well when it took place in the alternate realm here seems a lot more loosely tied back to what's going on so it'll be interesting to see like i i have full confidence that regina will eventually aid the heroes in whatever they're supposed to do to help stop gold the question is when is that going to fall in the chronology of the
1: next two hours right and I and you, although i do think it is still just loosely tied i mean it, it seems like um there's two main things that are going to potentially be able to fuel well two and a half two and a half things that will potentially be able to fuel where this two hour season finale is going thing number one is the death of robin thing number two the presence of this crystal shard from the olympian crystal and thing two and a half uh which may fuel two and it, a half thing
0: is no wrong network kurt
1: yeah which may have an impact this is the return of hook i guess it's kind of more of a question mark i don't know if that's going to like impact how people look at things or behave so i'm just kind of saying eh, that might impact this last two hours uh emma might finally be a little bit more upbeat um but yeah the um uh, I, I think we're gonna see what does the does gold's does gold's possession of the crystal have anything to go on or anything to do with this, and does uh, uh, Regina's anger slash grief have anything to impact it?
0: yeah and we also get to see here i know we talked about with the dark swan arc about whether hook still has might have residual magic from being the dark one and we, we haven't seen him back up here in storybrook until now so maybe we'll get to see that come out in the finale too even though it seems like henry might have eliminated magic at some point
1: yeah um now that's interesting it's like all the kind of the traditional things that we're used to discussing with Storybrooke in terms of you know dark ones and uh 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 curses and finding people who don't really remember who they're like all of the things that we've traditionally associated with the main storybook line have been completely put on hold because the main present day story for once wasn't taking place in storybook it was taking place in underworld which had a whole different set of rules a whole bunch of different set of concerns but yeah now we're, it actually is going to be interesting i'm gonna have to actually think about it slightly different to have the main plot not being not taking place in underworld in neverland it didn't necessarily impact things as much in the underworld to me it felt like it was playing more way a whole new set of rules um and so the the, and the switch back to storybrook for me is a little bit more jarring right now so i'm actually interested in how i view the two-hour finale given it's been so long since storybrook
0: let's answer a couple of questions in our theory brooks session before we start wrapping things up here rachel asked this did the show completely forget about guinevere last we saw her she was still under the influence of the magic sand so we got to see arthur we got to see merida uh no guinevere this episode now the last time we saw her i believe she was just eating with arthur in a tent in their camp and that's when they decided to accost him and arrest him do we have any idea about do you think we're going to see Guinevere at all? And if so, will she have any sort of relevance to the plot of the next two hours?
1: Um, I'm not convinced we will. Like For me, the, the, the lack of completion on the Arthur storyline has always kind of been more of a uh, lack of completion on the Camelot storyline in terms of there's this whole, we've referred to the Camelotians already in this, in this podcast. There's this whole crew of people who are living out in the woods kind of living a Renaissance festival life um, that have no home and are kind of displaced. I'm kind of more curious about, it was nice to get a little, you know, a wrap up of Arthur's storyline, but still there is a lot of So I'm less concerned about Guinevere and more about the displaced members of Camelot. So um, I I doubt we'll get a, a Guinevere wrap up. Um, I'm more hoping we'll get some sort of Camelot wrap up, but I don't, I don't see it happening
0: maybe they will be staffed to various parts of the town so that the heroes can run off to other worlds and do whatever they want. And the town will still stay, still stay secure.
1: Hey, yeah, uh, it could be, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just think that's, um, we may, I doubt we'll get a reference to it in the, um, not be surprised if in season six, there was some, uh, reference to them.
0: Nathan Bayless finishes by giving us a pretty big statement about death in general on Once Upon a Time. He says, most of the deaths on the show have been either villains or characters unique to Once Upon a Time, such as Neil, Greg, and Tamara, whereas the heroes who are based on iconic fairy tale characters until last night seem to be safe. Do you think that the show is consciously less willing to kill one of these characters off than they otherwise would be for fair... Of a backlash for killing someone such as Snow White or Belle, who's iconic and beloved to our culture, and not just fans of the show? If so, what effect does this have on the show in general and on the prospect of Robin somehow making a return? So, Nathan overall is telling us so he believes that the reason why Sans Robin Hood, none of the heroes have really died, is that because these are such iconic. People, especially associated with the Disney franchise, if you killed them off, it would garner a lot of backlash from the fan community. Do you believe this theory? And if so, will it affect Robin possibly returning later on?
1: I I think it's more as I don't think it's so much that they're major iconic characters. I think it's because they're just main characters to the show. You rarely kill off main characters. We still haven't seen a main character. Killed off. So I don't think it's so much that I think the the causality is pointing a little bit in the opposite direction. It's not that um, we don't see iconic characters killed off. Um, It's more that most of our iconic characters are also main characters and therefore aren't killed off. If that makes if that makes sense.
0: No, Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, it's I think it's less about like the cultural relevance because i mean robin hood is a pretty well-known figure and they just killed him off so i would say it's much more about the relevancy to the plot overall than it is to where they exist within the cultural
1: zeitgeist right like i think you're not going to see um bell or snow white or prince charming or uh uh you know the evil queen killed off uh just because there's main characters in the story of once upon a time i, th- I think that that's more of what we're seeing
0: though again i talked about this last week i do have to applaud the producers here and that i still felt that the ensemble was a little bit bloated or at least they haven't given they haven't necessarily evened out the story time for a lot of these people and it was very clear that they were having trouble finding stuff to do for robin hood so i was happy that they sort of i don't want to call it a mercy kill but they said like okay we're having trouble writing for him let's get rid of him rather than having him flounder there for another two seasons
1: right um and I mean, the fact that it was also remember, a character that was played by a di- completely different actor too, uh, Yes. Originally.
0: now, now, now he might meet Lucifer himself that he's dead.
1: Exactly. I'm hoping he doesn't end up uh, in, in hell,
0: though hopefully not so if you guys have any thoughts about what we've been talking about over the course of this podcast or especially if you have predictions about what you think might happen in the two-hour season finale there's a bunch of ways for you to reach out to us as always leave a comment here on uh, post show recaps.com while you're here please subscribe to our post show recaps once upon a time only feed at post show slash once itunes only a couple of episodes left on the season but we always appreciate you rating and reviewing that feed you can also reach out to us on twitter kurt is at kurt clark I am at a Mike Bloom type while you're here. Check out all the other great stuff that's going on on post show recaps game of thrones and fear of the walking dead are in full force a mr robot rewatch just started there is no shortage of great stuff happening as we enter the mid spring here in the year 2016 but we are entering the end of season five as next week we'll be covering the two hour season finale all in one go it's going to be a supersized podcast i'm personally really excited to see where this goes now that we have a very old school vibe of mr gold and regina coming back kurt yeah have any bold predictions for what the season finale may hold
1: any bold predictions
0: yeah, um call, call your shot right here
1: call my shot i think merida is gonna become the next dark one um all right
0: all yeah, right that's a bold prediction yeah. we'll see if it happens now it's
1: i don't know it's it's always these last two episodes i mean without fail the last two episodes set up the next season um so i'm very interested in seeing where these next what happens in this finale uh bold prediction um we will have some mention of Lily.
0: Ooh, okay. Maybe even in passing, but who knows? Maybe, uh, Lily welcomes, uh, welcomes someone into the corner of forgotten characters.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm as, as much as I would love to find out, uh, how Prince Philip got his soul back. I think a more viable and potentially interesting story is, uh you know they they set it up and they teased us with it at the end of season four uh who is lily's father i I would still like to see the reintroduction of lily maleficent and perhaps a a make that a you have to make it a relevant story again because it's kind of a little bit irrelevant right now um but i think i would like to see that potentially be where things go let the and tee it up at the in this next in this final episode
0: And if I can make a bold prediction, I'm going to say that with Henry making his way back into the plot, I feel like we're going to get some more information about the storybook. I know we have the author, but I feel like there's still more to be dug into that storyline. So I think that we're going to get some sort of new thing that pops up about the storybook. And as you said, Kurt, that might be a clue into what season six will hold. Yep. So... I mean, I feel like we have to go with the hashtag Olympian Crystal Cox, right? To end off this podcast. I would
1: like that, please.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. We'll be back next week covering the two hour season five finale of Once Upon a Time. Thank you. As always, leave us your feedback. Leave us your thoughts about next week. And as always, if you need another fielder for your pickup baseball game, look no further than Captain Hook. Take care, everyone. Bye bye.